Create an Unstoppable Life, episode 158. Create an Unstoppable Life is all about mindset for the high achiever to help you build a life of fulfillment and freedom. I'm your host, Dina George, MD, a mindset and marketing coach and a family medicine physician. It's an honor to spend time with you today. So it is another fantastic day and we have another amazing soul for you to get to know. Her name is Dr. Heidi Abdelhadi. And the reason she's here is because she reflects so many beautiful values and has a way about her that is inspiring, encouraging. It, it brings a sense of safety, a sense of protection. And she is a pulmonary critical care doctor. Even more importantly to me, she's a dear friend to a dear friend. So that's how I would introduce you. How would you introduce you? Wow, that was a lovely introduction. Um, and yes, indeed, a dear friend of a dear friend named Big Love. <laughs> <laughs> you know who you are if you're listening. Um, yeah, uh, you know, it's, um, you know, safety, protection, empowerment, um, not things I was born with, but things I believe I learned. Um, and so I am happy to be here to talk about those elements and also to fold them into something that's near and dear to your heart and to Big Love's heart and to Nora's heart, which is, you know, the way we all met through ACE, you know, to tie that back into authenticity, courage and empowerment. So Heidi, Big Love is Dawn Sears, who we love very much, and she embodies <laughs> Big Love. So that has become her unofficial nickname. What I really appreciate about you is, and and this is what I receive from you, is your fierceness. And fierce, to me, it means you are fiercely advocating, you're fiercely protecting, you're fiercely exuding the confidence of who you are, what is important, and the way ahead. And I value it because it is not a common characteristic and not many people either do it or embrace that they can. Yes, 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 yes. That is um, <clears throat> something um, that I think more specifically, I wish more women um, adopted is this sense of fierceness. And let me just back up by saying words matter, right? Definitions matter. So when we, if we were to look up the word fierce in the dictionary, you know, the first three iterations of definition are uh, are almost animalistic, if you will, um, in nature and, and have this sense of aggression and really almost a negative connotation. But when you get down to, um, you know, definition four, five and six, et cetera, that's where it begins to talk about um, one's desire to better themselves and when they talk more specifically about women, and believe it or not, this is more in the Urban Dictionary, it is women who want to better themselves and those around her, right? And those around her. And so there's a ripple effect, I think, that comes from carrying those types, that type of characteristic. Um, and so it's really an honor for me, and, and I'm delighted that you, 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 that word comes to mind when you think of me, because I do believe that, you know, throughout my life, and certainly at this point in my life, um, advocacy um, 
for itself and others and, and, and causes has been core uh, to who and what I am. I can see so many benefits to that in pulmonary critical care. So, and, and it's above and beyond advocacy. It's almost like, this is how I feel. Like you've got your arm wrapped around me and you are saying the way ahead, like you've got me. And I would imagine for a patient, for a patient's family members, that sense of, oh, okay. It's got to be so palpable. Wow, that, that's actually interesting that you relate it back to my work. Um, uh, that is true. It's not, it, so patients benefit from that, certainly. But also the team, right? Because I, I, I don't do this work in isolation or alone. I'm only as good as my team is. And I work with amazing people. So I'm very fortunate. But one of the things that is just absolutely core and fundamental to how we work together is that we do have each other's back, right? When things are going down, I am ultimately the leader of the group. Um, but everyone in that room, everyone around that patient is leading in their capacity. And we exchange information. And the only way we can meaningfully exchange information with, with uh, fidelity to really say what needs to be said, whether it be a fact or your feeling, is for people to feel empowered, right? To be empowered. And so part of fierceness of, of oneself is to empower everyone else that you work with, that you play with, that you live with, that you love. So that you make the, you enrich the quality of how you communicate with one another, right? You're bringing your whole self. And with work, bringing your whole self means many different things. But when things are going down, such as, you know, in the ICU or in the ED, right? Time matters. Every minute, every second matters. And people can't hold back. It makes total sense. It can't be one person strong. And, and she's got it all and she's going to save us and everyone else is weak. It has to be, we are all stronger and we are playing at our highest level and we are, this is who we are. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, every, you know, whenever something's going down, it is all the time common that, you know, one of the nurses will say, Hey, Heidi, did you, um, did you notice this? Did you see that? Do you really think it's that? Right. And so I, I really appreciate that because to me, that is them having my back, right? That is them. That is the group also being all on completely in the moment and looking at every possible scenario that could be causing this decompensation. And we work together to go. It's like a checklist. It's like, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. Are you aware of blank, Heidi? They call me Dr. Heidi at work, right? Are you aware of this? And I either am or I am not, right? And so I also take that as not a, a dig or not a, are you questioning me? Absolutely not. It's I don't have eight eyes and 10 arms, right? So, so we are each other's eyes and ears and arms. Ultimately, the patient needs a set of eyes and a set of, of arms, but it sort of, you know, comes from a bunch of people doing the thing. So Yes. So, so if you come, for example, to our unit, um, a newcomer would kind of look around and go, there are a lot of strong personalities 
and they always use the word characters. (laughs) (laughs) There's a cast of interesting characters that work here. And it's because it's true. Everyone is, is unique and special and, and animated, quite frankly, but for the, for the purpose of good. I think it, what really stands out in what you said is, and it takes me back to how we started, which is growing yourself and helping others or empowering others to do the same. It's, it's fierce and it's humble and it's focused on service and it's, it's recognition. I don't have all the answers and it's us that is going to pave the way ahead. That's right. What, what is it? I have a, um, a quote here from William Shakespeare and it says, ignorance is the curse of God. Knowledge of, is the wing wherewith we fly to heaven. Right? So uh, don't be ignorant. <laughs> so you and Big Love are part of a small group that has bonded, connected, grown together, stuck together. How, how do you think about yourself and your role in that group? I'd love to hear from your perspective. Yeah. Well, first of all, that group is an amazing group, right? It's a, it's a very diverse group of women that come from many different um, backgrounds. Um, but what we all have in common is we are all on this journey to sort of evolve, grow, um, improve, um, and, and sort of, you know, dibble and dabble in the, in the entrepreneurial world of, um, both medicine and non-medicine. And the group, they're all uniquely strong women, very strong women. And yet we're all in tune with where our gaps are, where our opportunities are. And I think for the first time in many of our lives, we're actually just putting it out there to each other to say, I need help in this space. I am not sure about X, Y, or Z. And you get this um, kind yet sharp feedback either during our, um, you know, sessions together or one-on-one if we have a sidebar. Um, and so it's an amazing sense of, of support and guidance all wrapped up into one um, and fellowship. I mean, amazing sense of fellowship. Um, that the group has and, and real respect for one another. Um, but it's, you know, on the theme of having each other's back, there's, it's having our mental back, our emotional back, our journey back. Um, and so it, it is, it, I can't believe we found each other. That's all I could say. I can't believe we find, we found each other. And when we, we actually all met in real life for the first time at ACE. Um, and we said, we, this is it. This is, look at what this is, look who's doing it and look where we are as people since the time we met in EWP in the winter of 2021, let's do this. Right. So that meeting in real life actually put a lot of, um, texture and richness and depth to the, to the virtual personalities that we all thought we had. Mm. Um, and it sort of up leveled our group to the next level of we, we, okay, you, you're real, you exist, you are who I thought you were, but more. So I think, um, you know, since we've all been to ACE, our weekly meetings have been just as rich. 
But there's also now a bit of a change in that there's one or two people who are the key speakers that week, right? Whether they're bringing something to the table or they want feedback on something and the others serve as the panel, so to speak. And that gets rotated round and round. Can you so? Mm-hmm. And perhaps you're going there and, and I interrupted. Can you speak specifically though how you think about you when it comes to giving, when it comes to receiving, when it comes to the the role in the group? Yeah. So I, I would say, you know, I um I have had to make a sincere effort to listen more, right? Since joining this group. Because before I talked a lot and I said, no, no, everybody here has a lot to say. I'm going to, I have two ears and one mouth for a reason, right? So I, <laughs> I'm listening more. Um, and, and I, I had to be very conscientious about giving my opinion because sometimes it's abrupt and it just cuts right to the chase, right? Um, and that's a blessing and a curse. And so with the group, I've had to just wait and listen to all of it, listen to everything that's being said before I give an opinion. And at times it does drop like a rock and the group responds by saying, we knew it. We knew that was exactly what you were going to say. They're like, there it is. That's no sugarcoating. So I think I have um, probably my role is a, is a, is the unfiltered, uh, truth, the unfiltered feedback uh, person, Um, but it comes with a lot of love and a lot of thought behind it um, and a lot of consideration behind it. So it sounds like you're able to offer a distilled opinion or a distilled assessment. And I, I think one of the qualities of pulmonary critical care physicians are that you take in a lot of information and you have to determine in a quick manner what's important, what's relevant, what are we acting on and what's not. And it sounds like that's what you are able to offer surrounded by love, surrounded by trust, surrounded by acceptance. Yes. Yeah. That's an accurate, um, that's an accurate, very accurate description. So many of us have been told, don't stand out, don't speak up, don't be seen, be quiet. And the word fierce is met with this shaking chills and need to run away. Can you speak to that? Yeah. I mean, all my life I've been told, tone it down, tone it down. You don't have to speak so much. You don't have to keep raising your hand. Um, you know, why don't you listen more? But listen more didn't mean appreciate everything that's being said, ponder, reflect, process, and then give feedback. Listen more meant shut up. Um, so I didn't know, you know, when I was a younger person, all of those things were part of listening, right? It was more just hush, be quiet, tone it down. Um, you know, I remember as a kid, um, I had a relative who actually said, does she have an off button? Like, is there an off button? And I was like, wow, you're a bit peculiar if, you, if you're asking if a human being has an off button. 
Um, and there were times where I think I thought, well, am I too much? Do I talk too much? Do I, you know, anything too much? And, um, and as I, you know, matured and experienced life, I realized, no, 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 no. That's who I am. That's what I am. You know, now, is it always the right thing to do? No. So I did have to learn to sometimes tone it back, you know, depending on person, place, situation, um, and what needed to happen at that moment of time. Um, I didn't have to be the one that always had uh, answers or, or, or something to say or do, you know. Um, and I had to train myself to be a leader and a follower, right? And interchange between these two when that time needed to happen. And realize that everybody operates differently. Not everyone has this take it all in and let it all out, you know, sort of circuit. Some people, the circuit is more like this and others, it's a straight line. Um, and so, you know, the too muchness, I think, uh, was something I had to work through. And it is something that I see a lot of people, men and women, but more so women and young girls. Uh, being faced with is dampen yourself down, dim your light. You don't have to, to glow. Um, or else you are judged as being, you know, aggressive, not assertive, opinionated, not knowledgeable, uh, obnoxious versus interesting. And, and my takeaways in, in what you shared is that you had to give yourself the opportunity to learn. You had to accept that the risk is there are times when I'm going to be too much. And that's part of the learning. That's part of the growth that you you probably had to give yourself grace for the external input, favorable and unfavorable at times, I imagine. What else? What else for for you to evolve into who you are, which is this amazing soul, what else did you have to give yourself? What else did you have to accept, overcome? I had to also learn and believe that you are not going to be everybody's cup of tea and that's okay. Uh, th and that was, I think, a critical lesson that not everyone has to have a favorable viewpoint, opinion, belief, or thought about you, right? At least externally. What I also learned is that by not being everyone's cup of tea, it doesn't mean you're never their cup of tea. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, you know people for many, many years and, you know, some people think, oh, you're a little much or, you know, you're too this, too that, fill in the blank. But when things happen to them in their life, in their family, in their work, when things get real rocky and shaky, okay, if they're in a bad place, they call you and they ask for help or they ask for your opinion. And there have been plenty of times where I was frankly surprised to be getting a call or a, a reach out from specific individuals because for many years I thought, I'm not your cup of tea. At least that's what you've, you've shown to me, either implicitly or explicitly. Um, but I've certainly gotten the signal. But yet when you are 
in trouble or you are at a crossroads in, in your life where you really need honest feedback and or help, you call me. So I started to also realize that, you know, even people who, who view you as oh, too much, deep down inside of them, right? Deep down inside, they know you're not. And uh, I think it was Trent Shelton who one time said, um, haters are just confused fans, right? So, so that comes to mind. It's, it's deep down inside, they wish they could. But it's much more safe and comfortable and, and less um, complex to, to just go along. And so, so that further reinforced the notion that it's okay to not be everyone's cup of tea, but remain respectful of people, remain respectful of whatever their boundaries are, um, and don't impose yourself, you know, uh, onto them or onto anybody, but especially people who you know kind of look at you and go, oh, too much, too much. That's fine. You know, we will minimize inter interaction, only what needs to happen, and that's the end of it. But it just made knowing that it's okay to just be and, and, and whatever people think, that's okay too. That's their opinion. They're entitled to it. It has zero impact, right? And that's a key learning point. Zero impact on who I am, what I do, how I think, and what I say. And when I'm saying something or doing something and, and, and you know, naysayer or people who are like, oh, too much are, are in the vicinity or part of it. In my mind, I keep telling myself, you're just a fan. You're confused. <laughs> well, I love that. Yeah. I think one of the things I've had to learn and really just started learning this over the past few years is stop trying to control what other people think about me. And it's amazing yes. how much more time and energy I have when I just allow myself to be me and not neater, not downplay who I am, what I do, how I think because of the possibility that somebody else will be unhappy from it. Yeah, that's a powerful lesson you've learned. And I notice going into new environments, that tendency, just like being the medical student and wanting to wanting to be everything for the attending or everything for the intern and the residents. I know how to meter that. I know how to do that. So going into new environments, that's what instinctively comes up. And then I have to remember, wait a second. No, 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 no. It's about being me and, and letting that be enough. How have you noticed that your ability to control that? What are the, what, what is the quality of the relationships you've since formed by just showing up as you take it as I am? It's knowing that, that there are very trusting relationships that are going to give honest feedback. And they're going to give honest feedback, not on how they feel, but how they see I feel. And if I'm living up to who I want to be, and that's what I value, that's where the feedback is essential. So it's taking that and it's knowing that there are those who are going to help me become what it is I say I want to be. And, and those who don't see me and want to share how they feel because of me might be interesting, but that is not going to 
that might be taken into account, but that's not going to be what decides the direction of who I am or decides the amount of space that I can take up. So it's, it's acknowledging the feelings that come up, that uncertainty, that desire to shift or dampen. It's granting a lot of grace. It's getting back to that inner sense of knowing and trusting and ultimately saying, I am enough and it is okay. Amen. How about Amen you? to that. How about you? Well, I, I feel like the quality of the relationships, whether it be uh, a superficial one or one that becomes deeper, have greatly improved by showing up as who you are, what you are, the way you are. Um, and not dampening, not dimming, not, not pivoting. Now, of course, that's not to say, you know, we don't have emotional intelligence and, and certain situations require, you know, d- different approaches. Um, that's not at all what, what I'm saying. And, and, you know, forgive me for speaking for you, but I don't think you're saying that either. Correct. Right. But as a, in a, as a generality, you show up as your, you know, thumbprint, so to speak, your style, your, 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 um, your methodology, if you will, um, the way you live yourself out, the way you think, feel, believe, you don't dim it, you don't hide it, you, you, you use it in, in every in- engagement that you have. And as a result, you find your people a lot quicker. You find the people who are um, not like you, but who have a shared um, value, a shared goal, a shared spirit, or even a shared future self, right? They say, these, this is, these are the people I need to be around. This is my tribe, okay? Whether it's for a personal relationship, friendship, or if it's for a business relationship or a professional relationship. You find your people quickly because you go, I like your style. I like your approach and I can connect with you. And you quickly also find out who maybe this isn't going to be, you know, this isn't meant to be right. And that too is okay. Mm -hmm. So it's a wonderful filter of life. It's a really wonderful filter of life. Um, And, um, and it also avoids a lot of, you know, miscommunication, misunderstanding. I didn't know. I didn't feel. It, look, you know, let's move on, right? There's, we're all here for a, a small amount of time on this planet. So the quickly we can move things along, the better, right? So, so I, it, it, there's many benefits to it. And you don't know that until you actually live it. For sure. I, I totally agree. I think authenticity, it accelerates whatever was going to happen. So if the relationship is going to fizzle, it just accelerates getting there. If the relationship is going to flourish and bloom and develop into a, a, a trusting, deep relationship, it's going to accelerate getting there. There's no need for pretending or hiding. And it's okay. That's right. It's okay if somebody doesn't think I'm good enough. It's okay. That's right. That's right. That's right. So it's the giving and the taking, giving of self and accepting that not everyone is going to accept self. And that's fine. Right? Yeah. There's chocolate cake and strawberry cake. Ah. <laughs> right? There's Dina, there's Heidi, there's Big Love Don Sears. Take your pick. What's important to you? So when you lay down at night and you think about 
what is most important? What comes up? So um, I'll come at it backwards. I sleep very well at night, right? I don't go to bed with guilt. I don't go to bed with fear. I don't go to bed. Now, that's not to say I don't have butterflies when something exciting and new is happening the next day and you can't wait to get up, which means you never go to sleep. But but to me, it's, it's really um, living in my values and living in my beliefs. And, and, and one thing for me that's crucial is, is a sense of justice, right? Um, justice is, is, is a very important part of who and what I am. Um, and to be honest and transparent, right? I'm not here to fool anyone. I'm not here to, to take advantage of anyone or anything. Um, um, you know, I don't like to see the underdog remain an underdog um, for made-up reasons. And so living a life that, that, that has a, a bend on the sense of justice is very important to me. Um, my family is very important to me. Um, I love and adore my family. My friends are very important to me. And, and my community where I live and, and in causes that I believe in are very important to me. So doing the very best for the people that are very important to me, and my work is very important to me, obviously. But trying to do the very best that I can do and continue to grow and evolve are the things that really matter most to me because that premise, right, that, that it's, it's a singular premise, but it's really the base for everything else, right? I don't like to clutter my mind with, oh, I got to, these 15 things are, you know, on the to-do list. No, pick, you know, your two or three fundamental core things. And, and if you can get really good at mastering that, everything else falls into place, right? Now, that's not to say everything's perfect. There's no such thing. But, but you also give yourself that grace to say, I did my best. I mean, you know, I'm not superhuman. Did my best. And I did it with fidelity. And I gave it all I had. Win, lose, or draw. I did my best. And what I hear you describing is a life that has many ands. I mm. am this and I am this and I believe in this and I love this and and just going back to the theme of this conversation you can be fierce and loving fierce and trusting fierce and giving fierce and advocating not just we're not just one thing Absolutely I mean you know and, and that's why I think the word fierce sometimes does have that negative connotation. And if you look at the dictionary, the first four definitions are all, if you apply it to a human being, it's negative. Um, you know, but when we think of it as that uplift, um, it's quite positive. It's also not something, a mode you need to be in all the time, right? We, we have, you know, our seasons, so to speak. And you don't always have to be in fierce mood mode. I think uh, fierceness is reserved for when you really have to put your foot on that pedal, right? Um, if you live an authentic life, if you live as who you are every day, then your environment actually changes to that. The people you surround yourself with are your people. And so you don't find yourself having to be in fierce mode, so to speak, at all moments. 
you've created the environment that you desire without even knowing it. When I think about fears, I think about the word that has to go, or maybe the the underlying quality that has to be there, which is self-trust. Mm. That I can, we can navigate this. What advice for those of us that want to embrace fears as part of who we are, what advice do you have for us? So I think the very first thing is you have to decide for yourself what matters most to you, right? And how does that align with not your short-term goals, but really your long-term goals, right? Your values, your spirit, your spiritual animal, right? Not just your spirituality, who you are as a human being and your visualized future. I think that's, you have, to, only you know that. And you have to be honest with yourself in knowing that. And then once you understand that, you have to prepare, right? You have to prepare for moments that you cannot predict when they're going to happen, where they're going to happen, or with whom they're going to happen. And prepare to be able to articulate who and what you are and your values in those pivotal moments when it matters most. Mm. Okay? And you also have to prepare your brain to say, in times when I don't have to respond immediately, when I am planning, how do I do that from a perspective that preserves what it is that matters most to me, right? In totality. And then that approach. So one example would be, you know, something that all physicians go through are, say, contract negotiations, right? And we think it's road. It's, oh, we're going to talk about restrictive covenants and pay and blah, blah, blah. Okay, yes, those are all facts. But there are things that are very unique to each of us that we wish we could have, right, to, to create the balance that we desire. And that would be a great time for you to, to have pondered, planned, and come up with suggestions to whomever it is that presented you with the contract to say, I actually would like to do X, Y, and Z, no matter what the contract says. Even if it says we don't do that, oh, no, you can, Right. You present to them what it is that you're interested in. And you say, this is important to me. Nine out of 10 times, they're going to say, oh, well, yeah, that's just the language. That's, you know, they, the lawyers did. They start to blame the lawyers. Okay, let's, we'll add an addendum to make it special for you. Right? All you did was to share that this is important for me. This is something of high value to me. And I would like it reflected in our agreement. So fierce is clarity. Fierce is yes. certainty. Fierce is trusting and allowing things to unfold, not necessarily having to control them. Because if an organization isn't willing to meet you there, it's good to know now. There's plenty Indeed. of them. That's right. That's right. And that goes back to you are not everyone's cup of tea and you have to be okay with that. Yeah. Right. And that's a great example of being okay with that. There are other players in the field. Other words of wisdom. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think, you know, and this is something our group, our, our, you know, uh, brain trust group, the, the blue diamonds, you know, 
um, as we call ourselves, the Unipegs, um, which is a spin on unicorns and a Pegasus. Uh, but the Unipegs we talk about a lot is the concept of space, you know, and I think it was Viktor Frankl, and I can't remember the exact um, quote right now, but it's essentially, I'm paraphrasing, where a trigger, an event happens, and then there's a response. And that time in between, that space in between, to ponder, reflect, and that could be seconds, it could be minutes, it could be days, but that time to reflect is when you, each of us, is responsible to process the trigger, what is your desired outcome, and then tailor your response to ultimately achieve that desired outcome. And if we can teach ourselves to do that and practice it again and again, with things that may be mundane to begin with, like, you know, your spouse or your child is like, I want this for dinner. And you're kind of like, that's like not happening. And instead of saying, yeah, no, you can kind of just, you know, marinate and give a desired response. That's a win-win to, you know, contractual uh, business contracts, work contracts to buying and selling of property, whatever it is, right? Whatever it is that you want, training your brain and your body, right? Because your body is as important as your brain to react, to process, I think is probably the, the, one of the single most important things to living a fierce life. Because otherwise, you're just a mouthpiece. You just, and it, nothing makes sense, nothing matters. It's just, it's a ping pong game. You know, hit, 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 hit. And at the end, you go, oh, you just hit a ball. Like, I mean, what happened? One of the ways I know that I'm doing it right, if I make a declaration on who I am, who I'm not, how it's going to be, if I draw a line in the sand, is that the universe says, show me. <laughs> mm. And there is the opportunity, the overwhelming opportunity to stand up and do exactly as I have proclaimed or to go back to how it was. And recently, in, in a little bit of a different example, Craig and I declare, we drew a line in the sand about finances and how we were going to earn and what we're saying yes to and what we're saying no to. Two different pieces of the garage door broke. The dishwasher broke. Some other things came off and I was like, we're doing it right. All right, we're doing it right. Tell me, how, did, how do you feel when you are declarative and you stick to it? And you say the universe spoke and I stood up and I stuck to what I declared. It makes life easier. Yes. On the other side. And it's it's remembering that in the moment. On the other side, life is easier because it, there's more clarity, there's more certainty, and I've answered questions that I don't have to ever answer again. Wow. How about for wow. you? Um, it feels right. You know, it's just... Um, you know, when you hit the send button for something or when you just, if you, when you keep that promise you made to yourself and you just, you keep it and, and the future shows you that you, you were, you, you made the right call. You did the right thing. Even with the bumps and the bruises, you did the right thing. There's an immense sense of satisfaction. And even during the rough times, you just, there's this internal you know, thing that says to you, you did good, you did it right, good job, right? And it goes back to the phrase you used, which is self-trust, right? 
You trusted yourself when you made the decision. You have to continue to trust yourself when it plays itself out. And knowing that at the time that you made that call, that was the right call, right? You also give yourself permission to change your mind, right? So you, you, you're not going to fight with your inner self and go, no, 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 but, but you, you, this is what you promised and you have to do it, right? Because sometimes maybe we were wrong. Maybe we, we miscalculated. Maybe, uh, you know, our beliefs at the moment were much more um, uh, exuberant than the reality was, right? So, so you do give yourself a bit of grace, but, but giving yourself grace isn't an excuse to, to bend and fold and change just cause, right? You, you gotta, you gotta withstand it. Like, you know, like I said in the beginning, everything's temporary, including pain, right? So is joy. It's all temporary and it's cyclical. And so just knowing that we, we get through this, stick to it, let's go. You, you know it. You know, a long time ago, um, um, Hala, who we, we both know and love, posted something. And, and it was this long post about, I don't really remember what, but, but there was one line that I kept reading again. And it said, if you knew, would you tell me? And she was referring to someone telling her this big, long story, but not the truth. And, but if you knew the truth, would you tell me? And that line is stuck in my brain for many, many years. And I'm bringing this up because Sometimes when we are trying to maneuver a situation or maneuver a circumstance, right, you start to tell yourself all these things. So I always actually tell myself that, Heidi, you know, why don't you tell yourself, right? You know. Mm. So if you knew, would you tell me? You could say that to oneself or say it to someone else. But it's so powerful when you say it to yourself and you go into your conscious and I mean, I don't know if we can consciously go into our subconscious, but, but really try to be honest with yourself and say, why am I doing this? How am I doing this? Am I really doing this for the reason I think, or is, are there other things deep down inside of me that I tend to kind of keep quiet because it's too painful to bring to the surface. And that's, what's really fueling this, right? So it's staying in that, that place of knowing, I'm a big believer that it only takes a drop of fear, doubt, or uncertainty to really change the the view. Just like it, it takes a drop of blood to change the clarity of CSF. It takes a drop of doubt, uncertainty, or fear to change the picture. And it's staying in that in place, inner sense of knowing and trusting yeah. and moving forward. But also expecting it. You have to expect that fear and doubt are are going to intrude, right? Whether internally or externally. You yourself may be the one introducing the fear and doubt. And certainly I can guarantee you the outside world will, right? Whether they mean it or not, it's just, oh, you said A, I'm going to say B. You said right, red, I'm going to say white. It's human nature, right? It's human nature to, to, to sow the oats of doubt, um, and, and fear. And oftentimes I think if we are, when we have the clarity and you, you, you look at the external insertion of doubt and you start to realize, Hmm, wonder why they're doing that. Is that a reflection of them or are they truly warning me of the situation? Right. Sometimes they truly are warning you of the situation 
And you might have to go, whoa, I think I need to pivot. Other times you go, you know, oh, bless your heart. And you keep moving. You keep moving because you know. Our sense of, so a sense of self-trust and a self-sense of knowing, you know, also includes a sense of, um, of, of one's safety, right? We all kind of internally know our instinct, you know? We use the word instinct when we refer to uh, self-preservation and self-safety, right? We don't use it as much when we talk about future prediction of things and, and, and big lofty dreams. My instincts are telling me this is what I ought to do. But, but, you know, your instincts know, you know, so believe it and you don't have to explain that to anyone else. You don't have to get into this big Deshikta story, who shot John story. Just, you can just say my, my instincts are telling me this. And I have said that out loud before in both a professional setting and in a personal setting. And when I say it in a professional setting, I am stunned at the response that I get because I've said my instincts are telling me this and I can't shake the, this this voice that's intruding into you know my in, the internal conversation I'm having about this situation and nine times out of ten it changes the course of the discussion that is being had and others begin to let their inner voice become their outer voice and it totally changes the dynamic of the engagement and the discussion that is being had to one um, from one that is just, uh, uh, you know, robotic to one that is based on fact and prediction and feeling and going back to pattern recognition that, that, that is sort of playing in our subconscious that is really driving this instinct. I love that. Let your inner voice be your outer voice. Yeah. And that's trust. That's self-trust. Final thoughts. Final thoughts. What does everyone need to hear or know or start to believe? Start to believe yourself. I mean, it's that simple. Start to believe yourself. That said, you also have to be on a continuous journey of knowledge, seeking, self-education, right? And self-care. And self-care can takes many forms. It's not just, you know, exercise and care for body, but really caring for your mind, um, for your mind to work efficiently, but for your mind to, um, to be introduced to new things and to reinforcing things, right? So new things are just things that are completely novel to you in any capacity and things that are reinforcing. Everybody knows what their what the power of their mind is and how their brain works and, and work and, and, and information that speaks to them and reinforces them. Right. So pick that, take, do that, but also learn new things that never in a million years would you have ever thought about. And then you're kind of like, wow, the world is amazing. People are amazing. Ideas are amazing. And it humbles you. It, it teaches you and it humbles you. Right. Because you stay in the zone of, Oh man, there's so much to do here and there's not a lot of time. So you, you, you're, you're busy. You stay busy. And I think that and trusting yourself implicitly is, is, is the, 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 the foundation for anything and everything else that you want to do. How would you finish this? 
embracing fierce in your life, allowing it to flow through you. Is the greatest gift that you could have given yourself in this lifetime and to those whom your legacy will influence for many generations to come. I have loved this conversation. I love you. I'm so glad that you're part of my life. Thank you for being here. Dina, thank you so much for inviting me. And again, I, I keep talking about ACE, but I just have to say this to the listening audience that, you know, we, we, we came um, because it was you and, and Don and, and Nora that put this great work together. So we have deep love and respect for you and, and, and Dawn. Um, and the whole time we were there, myself and others, especially the brain trust that um, have become great, great friends of mine, we kept saying this, it's called ACE, authenticity, courage, and empowerment. And it delivered on every single point that it was supposed to deliver on. I have never, and I've been to a, a gazillion conferences in my lifetime. I have never attended something that gave you exactly what it said it was going to give you and more and more. So actually, before our conversation today, I took out my ACE notebook. Okay. <laughs> so I have my ACE notebook, but even more so, I want you to see this. This is, these are my notes. I'm an avid note taker. And this is just a, a leather book, notebook that's full. But can you see this? It says ACE. Uh-huh. 2022. Inaugural. Inaugural. Which means we have to go to a second and a third and a fourth whenever they come. Whenever they come. But I just, you know, so I want to thank you for, for sharing who and what you are and what you believe in and, and teaching all of us um, that, that all of this is okay. And it's, it's part of being us. So thank you, Dina, for, for everything. Thank you. I love that. This is us. This is yes, us. indeed. Where can people find you? How can they follow you? I am at Heidi Bubala, B-U-B-B-A-L-A on Facebook. I'm at Heidi Abdelhady on Twitter, and I have just started my consulting company where the website is in creation now, and it's called the Critical Care Continuum, where we can come and help your organization organize your rapid response and code blue teams. Um, there's another component to that, which really focuses on health equity and more specifically gender equity among physicians. So if you need help in that space or your organization does, Critical Care Continuum LLC is the place to go. And we'll have all the links in the show description. Thank you, my friend. Thank you.